0: Everyday awakening is right in front of you will you choose it open us with this question is the, in this episode is an integrative spiritual consultant ordained minister and now first time author of a new book everyday awakening welcome to the show catherine how are you doing
1: thank you for having me on the show great to meet you and i'm doing well thank you
0: thank you so much great to finally meet you also and thank you so much for writing your book everyday awakening and i'm looking forward to you know diving into it with you in this episode but before we we, we we go into all of that i know everything has a beginning everything has you know its um its source its its, its inspiration and that's why i would love to learn from your story uh, while preparing for this conversation and while um reading about you sorry for stalking you <laughs> um I, I i learned about you know your two near-death experiences so i would like to learn from that like how did these experiences transform your life?
1: Well, I grew up very quickly, um, starting when I was a child. When I was 10 years old, turning 11, I was suddenly very ill and taken to the hospital. And not long after, they discovered that I had a very, very rare childhood cancer Um And I, the doctors had told my parents, they didn't tell me because I was so little, but that I I had a 20% chance to live. I started really intensive, um, chemotherapy and radiation and surgeries. And this was back in the seventies and back in the seventies, uh, they, they did have chaplains. No one talked to me. (laughs) My mother was, um, and she's still alive. Uh, I'd say very religious. And she would say, you're going to be fine, but there was no sense of reality of what was happening to me. And that's what I just all of a sudden had this deep feeling in my being that I was on the edge of life and death. I was walking on a tightrope and I had this feeling come through me. Like I didn't want to die. I wanted to live. And that's, Mm I started to pray and um, prayer just cracked me open. I not long after praying to live to be 20. This feeling of peace just poured through my body, and it was just like and and it just a knowing I wasn't alone, a knowing I was gonna live, a knowing I was gonna be okay. And I didn't tell anyone, but it just was so comforting to me. And that really started me on the journey of choosing life and what does it mean to be alive through to this day?
0: (sighs) Mm, Oh, that's great. And I'm so happy that you're a survivor. You push through and you are living, you're living your life. Yes. Uh, What does it mean to choose life? Like from what you said earlier, thanks so much for sharing. Um, You you talked about choosing life and I'm like, wow, what does it actually mean Mm -hmm. to choose life?
1: Well, I think that that's a great question. I keep living into that question. What does it mean? I think... I think every day we can really um, open into, not move out of our busy, busy, busy ego mind, our mind that wants to run our life and come in, drop into our heart, our soul to feel like, oh, here I am in the moment. You, When you come into the moment, you can feel the sense of peace and joy and aliveness of like, oh, here I am and and living fully from your whole essence, from your being, from that sense of presence and oneness. I, I think that's what it means to choose life. And every one of us is choosing every moment, how we're living. Are, are we living even awareness? Are you living in your mind all day? Can you take breaks and have moments of just presence and awe, wonder, feeling into just now? And we're every one of us, we're choosing that through each day. So I kind of say, are, you know, are you choosing to be here, to open, to grow, or are you not and or subconsciously choosing not? And just kind of, I, I'd say on autopilot, living on autopilot.
0: Mm, I like that. Being in the present, choosing to be in the present means, uh, you know, choosing life, choosing to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and That's why I like the title of your book, Everyday Awakening, because it's something that's continuous, something you have to do every day. You don't have to be awakened Just once in your life, but every day, every time you wake up in the morning, you have to choose to be awakened. Uh, Yeah. And when, when people think about, when people pick up the book and look at the title, Everyday Awakening, how how do you want them to understand awakening? Like, what does awakening mean to you?
1: I want people, if you know, seeing my book to be drawn in like, huh, what does that mean? (laughs) To be, Mm. be awake, to be alive maybe spark some curiosity open a door a wondering like hmm how how do I live what does that mean again because I think we every one of us oh it's it's such a choice to realize to realize that we're not our thoughts we're not our feelings you know we're that witnessing presence that essence behind that and can you feel it can you open into it that just that our eternal nature, feel it and feel into it, breathe into it, and experience what's there for every one of us. So I'm hoping my book might be an opening, a catalyst of like, huh, a spark of like, yeah, how am I living? How do I want to live today, tomorrow?
0: Yes, yes. And I believe that's also the inspiration behind the book, right? So people go on that path of choosing the right life for them. Or is there mm-hmm. anything that inspired you writing the book? Yeah.
1: Mm. I work in my, I for years was a chaplain for our level one trauma hospital, Hennepin County Medical Center. Then I was a chaplain for our hospice, Fairview hospice for years. And I tell you, I would experience with people that were at the edge. They're about to die. That they, they were just many people within a day, days of this, there was just all of a sudden a, a realization like, oh, this is life. This is what it feels like to be alive. And then like, and then they would die. And I just, from my personal experience, for hundreds of people, I've been with my messages. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till you're in crisis. You don't have to wait until you're at the end of your life. You can choose it right now. And in my book, I have 42 exercises, how to come into the moment, how to feel into your heart, how to feel into flow Again, these are just practices, and these are practices that I do every day. <laughs>
0: wow, mm-hmm. oh, that's awesome! I, I, I'm, so, I'm so curious. Like, can you tell us some of these practices already? Like, I would, I'd love to learn some of these practices that could help us to remain in the flow and you know stay in the present or in the moment.
1: I'll share, how about I'll share just a couple of my favorite, um, because I have many. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One of them is just, it's actually a breath exercise. There's so many ways to teach breathing. You know, it can be deep belly breathing, alternate nostril breathing, square breathing. There's so many different ways. My favorite way of teaching breathing is just coming into the moment, feeling your breath, you know, feeling the coolness of the air coming in over your nostrils, the warmth as you breathe out. And then... Breathing in, can you just imagine you know, peaceful energy coming in through the top of your head, your neck, your shoulders, your chest, your abdomen, your hips, your legs, your knees, and breathing out any stress, any unrest. And if your mind wanders, it's okay, just come back. Breathing in peace, breathing out any stress, and do that for a minute or two. Brings you into your body, It's so calming. And so this is an exercise I'll do in the middle of the night if I wake up breathing in peace, breathing out stress, or I breathe in love, breathe out fear. That's one of my favorites. I love working with my senses. So just like everyone else, I sometimes all of a sudden get caught in my mind. I'm like, Woo, my mind wants to go way over here. What if and how and wow. You know, all of a sudden you get in this loop. I catch it and I come back. So it's a practice of being in the moment, practicing moments of presence, but it's also a practice of catching yourself because every one of us does this, our mind can take over. Like all of a sudden you're in the future, the past, the what if, to come back again into this moment. And one way I like to do this is with your senses. So for a minute, can you just notice, what do you see for a minute? Then what do you, for a minute, what do you hear? Then what do you smell? Then what do you taste? And then touching with sensation. And doing that, even if it's on a walk or you're sitting down, it just, again, brings you back into this moment. It's just a tool, an exercise to create some mindful moments of presence and I'll stop it I'll share one more it's a self-soothing you put your hands over your chest area I've done this for years called self-soothing practice and just feel oh. the warmth of your hands on your chest and breathe in and breathe out and let your body just relax and soften And then you could add a loving kindness phrase. May I be at peace? Or if you believe in something beyond, give me peace and just breathe. And do this for a minute or two. So soothing, so calming. Helps just bring you back. Into the moment, into just the essence of who we are right now, right here in this moment.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Katrin, for sharing that. That was amazing. I was practicing as you were um, instructing, and I was like, yeah, if one intentionally does this, it could go a long way in helping one to mm-hmm. be in the present, to bring mm-hmm. one's mind, to, se- to center you back to the present.
1: Yep. And it can become your anchor. It's just, again, what are you choosing? Do you decide, oh, I'm going to spend most of my day in my, my mind? And, of course, we use our mind for planning and organizing and work. But then can you take breaks and have moments of presence where that can be your anchor? Because once you start to feel what that sense of being here now, that bigger breath, that spaciousness, that sense of flow, it's like, oh, I mean, for me, I crave it. <laughs> so I, all day long, I'm mindful between praying, talking to God, feeling my breath, where I can feel very quickly when I'm not in alignment.
0: Mm. And once you notice, oh, I'm not being in alignment, then you quickly go back to your anchor and get aligned again. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I love about your book, Everyday Awakening, is that it integrates the best spirituality, sorry, the best of spirituality, neuroscience, psychology and therapy and these are different aspects of life that sometimes are very difficult to bring together and your book does that basically spirituality and science sometimes could go different ways or different directions so i would like us to take it one by one and we'll start with spirituality i would like to know what spirituality means to you
1: i'd like to share the definition what my definition of what I think spirituality is versus religion. And I'm an ordained minister um, and I've Mm -hmm. studied this in great depth. I I think of first religion as more man-made doctrine, dogma, how you practice within a particular faith tradition. Um, I think I really like the word spirituality. I think it's very expansive and I just about what gives you meaning and it's going to be different. Every person hearing this right now it might be different for every person. It might be Mm. what gives you meaning. Someone might name it God. Someone might name it source. Some might name it energy, true nature, Allah, Brahman. I mean, it's just like, there's such an, you know, infinite field of possibility. I have just learned over many, many years of working with people in a spiritual context and private practice and as a chaplain, i just i think language is limiting so can there just be an openness of what is it for you how do you come into the moment and feel that sense of oneness in your being that energy that flow where we are energy can you feel into it can you feel the flow that's who Mm. we are and and be open to how and what might words might resonate with you
0: yes i like that i mean Independent of the rules, independent of everything that man has written down as what we are meant to do as regulations, being centered and being one with God, with the universe, with whatever you believe in is spirituality. Mm-hmm. Being one be one with yourself and being in love, because God is love actually. So being love yourself means you are connected to God, to okay. the source of everything. And that means you're spiritual. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> I think our essence is love. I just, yes. I think why we're here on this earth is to love, really open our hearts and souls and love deeply and learn to love in the difficult, challenging times. And I think what we bring with us when we die, I think death is not an end. And I think we bring with us our ability to love and how much we've learned to love on this earth.
0: Yes, everything is love. <laughs> everything. Our essence is love everything is love love i I like that
1: love or fear i mean where where are you what you know what are you choosing
0: (laughs) Mm, yeah i think that's a question that we are meant to ask ourselves whenever i want to make a decision does this does this mean love does this breed love does this uh, show love and if it doesn't show love then that's not the right decision yep if it doesn't show that i love myself or i love my neighbor then it's not the right thing for me to do
1: yep and oh, can it be, that'd be so challenging, of course, you know, if we're all of a sudden with a family member, or a friend, or a colleague, or someone who, you know, maybe isn't nice to us, or is in fact mean, or says something that's hurtful, to just, okay, (laughs) not that you have to stay there and take that, but like, okay, how do you resolve that within yourself so you don't carry angst and bitterness and continue mm. to live in the light of love? It's a choice.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult, like you said, but it's a choice that we have to take to live a good life, <laughs> I would say. Yes. Yeah, yes. And would you say, for earlier you talked about, you know, breath work, and we you practiced practice that a little bit. Would you say that is also... The same thing as meditation, or it's a, it's a way of meditating also. Yeah,
1: I think it's a way of practicing coming back to the present moment. It through our breath, through guided meditation. We could do it through walking. There's just so many ways, tools <clears throat> to practice present moment. I think of the breath as one because our body is always in the present moment. So focusing on a breath, I find can be an easy one, just even feeling the breath coming in. And I like to share even like, can you putting your hands on your lower abdomen and when you breathe in your lower abdomen naturally expands on the in-breath and receives on the out-breath, just like dropping you in. Another one I like to share is right now we're talking. Can you for a moment feel the energy moving in your hands just feel your fingers see what's there just can you feel your fingers your hands whatever's there and when you do that you can't think at the same time again it brings you down into your body so there's Mm. many different ways to practice mindfulness meditate you know it's meditating it's breathing it's moving your body it's body movements it's toning using our voice they're just wow I teach a lot of different ways and in my book I share again those exercises try this try this single try this I mean because I, I want everyone to like what is it for you and I find this in my private practice I might have a client in the morning who breath work really speaks to them and in the afternoon it's a meditation and then another client it might be using our voice in our you know toning using our voice it might be moving our body it just there's many ways to come at into this moment, into our body, into our essence.
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for sharing that. Let's put in a, a quick plug to your book. Where's the best place for us to get your book? For this one. Now, eager got to order it right now, right now, right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's called Everyday Awakening, Five Practices for Living Fully, Feeling Deeply, Coming into Your Heart and Soul. So I'm on Amazon, I'm on Barnes and Noble, I'm on Target, I'm I'm all over. So um, depending on what city you're in, um, because I've had book signings, Minneapolis, Chicago, I'm going to New York City this afternoon. So I've had different Barnes and Nobles, my books in, but for sure, Amazon, they already sell 70 some percent of all books in the US, but yeah. absolutely, you can Google it and you'll find it.
0: Awesome. So... The link to your website will be in the show notes of this episode, so I encourage everyone out there to, right now, just post this episode, go to the um, show notes of this episode, click on it, on the link, copy the link, and order your copy right now before we continue. (music) I'd like us to talk about then the next thing, which is neuroscience. And um, I'd just like to learn. I'm just curious to know how we could... Rewire our brains. Like that's something I've been hearing about, watching videos about, but I would like to learn from you directly, Katrin.
1: This is a topic I've been so interested for years, and I've been studying neuroplasticity and certified in some models and just really studying the breadth of models that are out there. Here's what's so fascinating. It used to be thought that our brains were set, <clears throat> that you know, we're born, our brains were set. Well, now we know that's not the case. What we think. What we feel in our environment is shaping our brain all day, every day, until the moment we die. So our brains are plastic. And what's so exciting is when you really understand that, you can get behind, huh, I can change my brain, my brain structure. So I'll just give you an example. And I'm sure everyone on this, hearing this right now every one of us have had moments where we worry, or we're having fear, or we're anxious. And what happens when that, which is a normal behavior, but what happens is when you keep worrying, you keep being fearful, you get in what's called almost a limbic loop, it keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then that day, the next day, the next day, it's like a grooved pathway in our brain that is, you know, creating these negative neural pathways. So every model I've studied Here are the four steps. I'll just give them to you the four steps of how to rewire your brain. And um, this is from every model, including I've studied with Rick Hansen and his model and Judson Brewer, all these different people. Um, DNRS. So here it is. Number one, can you identify that negative thought, worry, fear? So I'm going to give you a hypothetical example. So let's say I have a lot of siblings. Let's say a sister of mine said something not nice a couple days ago and I'm ruminating about it and having a lot of emotions about it. Number one, can you name what that worry or rumination fearful thought is? So I would say, oh, my sister, that's it. That's what's happening. When you can name that thought feeling that's continually going on in you, it starts to calm your nervous system. Number two, Can you identify the feeling? And this is not always easy. Um, It's hard sometimes. Like, what am I feeling? So can you be curious? Hold curiosity. When you're curious, you're in a calm, parasympathetic state. Hmm, I think I would say I'm anxious. So when you can just try to name the feeling, it starts to calm your nervous system. Number three, can you... Feel the feeling just for a short time. And I'll tell you the plethora of books I've read and studied, and I've been studying this for years. The pathway to healing is feeling your feelings. But can you just feel it for a little bit? Just feel into that feeling. Maybe it might be helpful to notice. Where do you feel it? I feel it in my chest. Wherever you feel it, feel it for a few minutes. And it, I promise you, it will start to dissipate. It will not control you. It will start to lessen. It will drop. And then the fourth step is, like Rick Hansen says, growing the good. A positive affirmation. I I love like Louise Hay's work. I've studied my whole life. Uh, here's an affirmation. In this moment, I'm okay. I'm strong. I'm resilient. So positive affirmation, it can be a positive image. So for me, I go to my five-year-old dog, Bella, who's this white puffy dog. (laughs) And when I think of Bella, I can just feel the warmth in my heart. I'm like, (gasps) so it's just marinating in that positive energy. Because when you do that, that creates strong new positive neural pathways in your brain you are literally rewiring your brain mm. and there's other uh, models yeah. i could share um you know rick hansen's model heal h-e-a-l having a positive experience can you go into what was a positive experience in the moment or a past experience and it like remembering all the different pieces around it absorbing it just taking it in and marinating in that positive to create those strong positive neural pathways and then the l stands for linking which you don't always have to do but you hold that positive image memory thought feeling in the front of your brain and you hold whatever was upsetting you in the back and it will start to dissipate that negative pathway I mean, these are literally yeah. the steps to rewire your brain.
0: Yeah. Those are very practical steps, especially naming your um, feelings or your emotions and then feeling the feelings. That's something I'm going to take home from this episode. Feeling your, those feelings. Sitting yep. with it and really connecting with it No way you feel it in your body.
1: Yep. And, then and emotions, they're not it. permanent. So if we can just feel them. And I know, I'm sure... And I've thought this over the years, of course, like, why would I want to feel that (laughs) when I can distract Mm. myself or put on music or do something to not feel it? But when you can feel it for a little bit, I promise you, it drops, it will not control you. You'll just have more, oh, more breathing room.
0: More breathing room. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. What does, what role does therapy play in all of this, in processing our emotions, our feelings, our Past experiences, what's what's the importance of therapy in all of this?
1: With the work I do with my in my private practice with clients, um, therapy, you know, I integrate talk therapy, um, but it's it's talk therapy with experientials. So because I think in life it's not just talking, but how can I then feel like we're talking about right now. How can I feel into the moment? How can I feel into my heart? How can I feel, you know, what's even going on with inside myself? But Mm -hmm. I find with clients that I work with, um, you know, family of origin, how we, how we learn attachment styles as a child, how we were raised really imprints who we are today. And until you have that awareness, I always say with people, it's growing that awareness muscle, understanding Oh, getting clarity of why you might behave a certain way or what is your trigger or when things happen to see, well, where does that come from? And I tell you, it starts with how we were grew up, how we attach to our primate caregivers. And when you start to understand as an adult, oh, okay, now I understand why that's a trigger for me or why that stirs me up or why I have trouble talking with such and such person. It just oh, it shines a light. I'm like, okay, now, now what I can do, because regardless, honestly, of how we were raised and how we attached with our caregivers, once we understand who we are today and what those patterns were, we can change it. We can open, we can grow, we can develop secure attachments. It's all within our power.
0: Yes. It's all within our power. That's that's very encouraging can do it <laughs> yes you could change your yep. life you could determine the path you want to go on
1: yeah and it can be hard work i get that i mean i have had my share of you know having two experiences of facing death and i've lost several family members and things can be real hard life can be hard life can be messy and can you stay can you stay open can you stay like okay how can i keep choosing to live and open and open my heart
0: Mm -hmm. But how do you stay consistent on this journey though like it could be very difficult and very tough like you also said how do you stay consistent regardless of how tough it could be
1: Mm -hmm. well that's the magical question (laughs) um i am human just like everyone else so Mm -hmm. it just i think when you practice and you have a Uh, practice of have a sense of what it's like to have some moments of presence when you have a sense of knowing what that can feel like to have some ease and flow you even have more of an understanding when you're not in that state so trust me just like everyone else especially with launching my book I mean I'll have moments where all of a sudden my mind goes way to the future like what if and how and oh and And I think, well, isn't that interesting? I just wrote a book on this. (laughs) And then I'm watching my (laughs) mind going over here. But again, Mm -hmm. awareness, it's catching it, catching it. And like, okay, what do I need to do right now? I need to just sit and do some breathing. Maybe I feel triggered, unrest, whatever. Just can I be with it in the moment? Can I breathe into it? Can I feel and identify what's happening and breathe into it? to move through it, to walk through it. And it's a daily choice. I mean, it's a daily choice. It's like really deciding. I mean, for me, I have a really steeped, I just just have done this for so many years, practice. I wake up in the morning, I have some moments of gratitude before I even get out of bed. I just think, thank you, God, I'm alive. (laughs) I'm here. I have family and friends and I have a home I'm living in. And I just feel... The gratitude. I think it and then I feel it. And I just, I feel this vibration in my body and I have some moments of prayer and it sets the tone for my day. And then during the day, I have moments of presence. I talk to God actually all day long and then at night, prayer and I move my body. I'm mindful of exercise, nutrition. But again, these are all like, okay. And I also really have fine tuned how to work with energy i'm empathic i'm intuitive i'm a mystic and i get a lot (laughs) and Mm. i don't need to take in all the energy through the day so i'm very mindful of how i work with energy just to keep my grounding and my balance but again these are just mindful choices of how I find life to be life-giving. I want to keep leaning into it being life-giving, and this is what I'm choosing, and that's my focus with my book. What are you choosing every day? How are you finding more aliveness and openness in your life? What does it look like? I'm inviting you to think about it.
0: Yes, yes. Everything you just described right now um, is well-documented in your book, like you said already, and this is going to enable us to live a fully engaged life. It, your book provides that road roadmap that helps us towards that. And I've gotten that from this conversation already, like being spiritual, being conscious of your, you know, of your health, of the energy around you, you know, taking all of that in, being intuitive also, and also, you know, taking care of your emotions, going to a therapy if you have to, rewiring your brain if you have to, everything helps us, you know, to go on that path of, you know, living a fully, fully engaged life. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing this. Oh, absolutely. This is a
1: topic I've been voraciously studying since a teenager. (laughs) I mean, after I got through, and thankful to God I got through that treatment, um, as a teenager, I started reading books. Why am I alive? What does it mean to be alive? I mean, these are the books I started reading as a 14, 15, 16-year-old, and I've been reading thousands since. I just... I think I have so much yet to learn and isn't it exciting?
0: <laughs> it is, it is. And I'm super blessed um, to have had this conversation with you because right now my life has become better and I'm sure everyone who has listened to the episode has picked one or two things or several practices to ensure that they are also able to, you know, live um, everyday awakened and also to their full capacity, to their full um, engagement, basically. So if before I let you go if there's an if there's something a piece of advice or something you would love to share with someone out there who is thriving to live a full uh, fully engaged life to live a life of purpose what would that advice be
1: I'd like to share an exercise um that I've done on and off for 20 years just a to go-to that's helpful to me when life is full and complicated and a lot going on Just even tuning in at the end of the day, what today was life-giving? What gave me life, a sense of life and peace and ease, joy? And what, two questions, so what's life-giving? The other is, what really depleted me? What took life away? And it's Mm -hmm. fascinating, I can promise you, if you ask those two questions at the end of the day, every day for a week or two, you're going to start to see patterns, and I think we're tuned in with this universal energy that's guiding us. We're not alone, but we have to come into this stillness, our essence to see, feel, sense, hear, that guidance. And we, every one of us have it. If it's a sense of hearing, the words clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentient, we all have it. But what is it for you? But it has to come into that stillness to listen, to reflect, to just just be. And I just invite you to have some moments today. Try, just try having some moments of stillness. Maybe start with reflecting on these two questions and then focus on just your breath coming into the moment and just be here now, breathing, feeling into your heart and opening into what is in just this moment right now, this magical moment.
0: just be here right now yes <laughs> thank you so much catherine mm-hmm. i really appreciate this I, I i don't want us to end this episode but we have to wrap up so that i can go and be in the moment and practice some of these things immediately right now <laughs> thank you so much i really appreciate this for anyone out there who would like to for example work with you maybe connect with you in one way or the other what's the best way to reach out to you
1: You could send me, um, go to my website. Um, my website is everydayawakening.com. My book title, I can be reached at Catherine at everydayawakening.com. Send a message. I have social media. I'm on my Facebook page is called actually learning to live. Instagram is Catherine Duncan. Um, M A B C C. I'm now on TikTok. This is a new thing. And (laughs) trying that as Catherine Duncan. So Love to hear from anyone and just grateful to meet you. You're delightful. Thank you so much for having me on today.
0: Thank you so much, Catherine, for being on this platform today. I really appreciate you. I'm going to place the link to your website again in the show notes of this episode, every information about your social media handles are also on your website, so I encourage everyone to visit your website, go to the contact page or just scroll down to the bottom of the page of the website, you'll find all the Um, Facebook, Instagram, and every social media handle also there. Thank you so much, Catherine. This has been a blessing. A big, big privilege. I've spoken with you you. and learned so much from you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Wow, Wow. you made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye. Bye.